Welcome to the Lisa Wexler Show podcast. Think of it like a magazine or a box of chocolates. You never know what you'll get. From politics to pop culture, healthcare to legal issues, it's all here. And my behind-the-wheel chats are personal observations created especially for you on podcast only. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. If you joined us at the beginning of the show, you know that I already gave a lengthy introduction to the biography of Donna Palumba and why she's so important and such a heroine of mine. She founded an organization called Jane Doe No More to erase the stigma of sexual violence. It's become an unbelievable training ground for victims of sexual violence to go through a program where they emerge stronger mentally and physically in every way to take on the world. And I think that what I've learned from Donna not just about her own personal courage and her courage and her transformation of our own laws in the legislature. But what I've learned from her is that, you know, as a lawyer, you know, I was raised as a lawyer in my legal training to think so much about the rights of defendants. And they're still very important. There's a lack of due process for a lot of people. That's why we have an innocence project. But 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 there also isn't enough of uh, of a focus in this country on the victims of crime. I mean, there are victims of crime all the time. And even if sometimes we catch the wrong person, it doesn't mean that the crime didn't get committed. And so we have some victims' rights organizations, and we have a little bit of non-for-profit and even some state agencies that are determined to do better. But um, the truth of the matter is that the criminal justice system isn't really set up to help victims. The story of what happened with Dylan Farrow is uh, a story, in my opinion, of a very heroic little girl and an amazing mother. Because if the mother, Mia Farrow, hadn't believed her daughter in that instance, we wouldn't have learned anything about anything. Joining us now is Donna Palumba of Jane Doe No More. As I told you earlier, I'm an advisory board member of this wonderful organization based right here in Connecticut. Offices are in Naugatuck. Donna herself is from Waterbury. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about this because... Donna knows Dylan Farrow well, and they've shared with each other. And I think Donna is a, uh, what I would call a credible reporter of a lot of this story. Uh, Donna Palumba, hello, and welcome back to the Lisa Wexler Show. Always a pleasure. Hi, honey. Good, good morning, Lisa, and thank you so much for that kind introduction. I really appreciate it. So, Donna, tell us a little bit how you came to know, how you first came to know the story of Dylan Farrow and what she said about what Woody Allen did to her. 
Um, I had the good fortune of having one of our board members connect us with Mia Farrow and her daughter, Dylan, back in 2014. And um, we met in person in Connecticut, and we talked about our organization and how it may help Dylan. And, you know, again, this is such a sensitive topic, and it is so critical to give victims who are becoming survivors a choice and to know that, you know, timing is important, where they are mentally and emotionally is so important. So, you know, we're very careful to offer options and choices. And so um, the time was right. I think Dylan is an amazing, amazing woman who has gone through unbearable um, tragedies. And so, you know, I, I, I was so honored to meet her and she chose that the time was right for her. And so she went through our Jane Doe No More Survivor Speak program in 2014, where survivors work with professional coaches to help them articulate their story. And it truly has become a transformative program. And there's something about survivors being all together that is just so powerful and palpable that they realize they're not alone, that everyone has in that room has experienced something that they are familiar with. And it's, it's quite remarkable. Yeah, there is enormous power of human beings when they share a common experience. The sum is far greater, right? The whole is far greater than the parts when you when you get that together. I agree with that totally. And there and you know, they need that support system because the story of so many survivors of sexual assault is usually one of not being believed by somebody. I mean, that's usually the well, story. That's so true, Lisa. And that's it's because the topic is difficult and it's stigmatized, as you mentioned before, and it's misunderstood. And can you imagine when this happens to a child and she's not believed? It's, it's devastating for anyone. And as you know, in my case, I wasn't believed by law enforcement and the revictimization took a toll that I still, you know, it's a lifelong journey to try to heal from something like that. So let's just give our audience a little bit of the facts. Dylan was seven when this happened, but approximately what year are we talking about? In the 1990s, right? Approximately what year? Yeah, it was August of 1992 when the crime occurred. Okay. And Dylan almost immediately thereafter told her mother about it. Yes, she did. And, you know, that is what is so remarkable is that this child was so forthcoming. I mean, I think you get um, the sense when you're watching Alan versus Pharaoh, the documentary series, which I thought was so well done. I mean, you get the sense of their family life, of the openness, of the love, you know, and it's just, you know, Mia was, was filming and taking pictures and it was just a joyous family from what I saw. I felt, you know, like part of it watching it. And then, you know, to have... Mia talk to Dylan about what happened and to have her be able to articulate it, I thought was incredible and and such evidence. The video of Dylan talking to her mother. I don't care what you've seen. I don't care who you've read about. You need to watch it for yourself and then walk away 
And I think that you will come to the conclusion, at least I did, and I hadn't seen the video. The reason I've been supporting Dylan Farrell on the air for, I don't know, 15 years, whenever it was that this all started, was I read What Falls Away, which was Mia Farrow's memoir. I don't know if you ever read it, Donna, but it's very beautiful and very compelling. It is beautiful. It's amazing. And she's such a writer. Well, she's such a gifted artist. And at the end of the book, she says, you know what? You don't have to believe me. And in fact, the book isn't that much about Dylan. I mean, it's about a lot of things, but you know, but she says, don't believe me. Why don't you read Elliot Wilk, Judge Elliot Wilk's decision? And you know, I'm a lawyer. I'm a judge now. I wasn't then, but I've, I've been a lawyer forever. I read the decision of this judge in the New York State, um, in what we call New York State Supreme Court, which is the lowest court in New York. It's inverted. The Court of Appeals is the highest court. And I read this judge and his decision in which he basically says, I don't believe Woody Allen. Woody Allen didn't know who the kids' teachers were. He didn't know who the kids' pediatricians were. He wasn't an involved father. He's completely unfit to take over custody of these three kids. On the other hand, Mia Farrow is a very involved, devoted mother. And by the way, the Yale Child Child Study Center guidance, whatever that report was, I also think is not credible and not persuasive, right? He said all of this. And Mm -hmm. he said in the end, he said, uh, I believe Dylan. I believe the child. I believe that the abuse occurred. Uh, I'm not a criminal judge, and I can't move this along to criminal prosecution. But as a family judge, I can say that I don't think she needs to see her father anymore if she doesn't want to. Yes. Yes. And you're absolutely right. And, you know, thank goodness he did not win the custody battle. But you can imagine um, what they were up against with the, you know, the PR machine that that Woody Allen unleashed and and just his his power. Um, It just is. It's incredible. It's a lesson for all of us. And I think the most important lesson is to believe a child when they tell you something here was clear evidence. And yet this has been going on for almost 30 years. This is incredible. There's one piece of it that I would like to hear your opinion about. We're chatting with Donna Palumba about Alan versus Farrow, the documentary series and about Dylan Farrow, who is uh, a Connecticut girl who ha- who has gotten to know Donna Palumba and who went through the survivorship training program for Jane Doe No More. I have a question for you. How does Dylan and how do you process the fact that their brother Moses came out with a letter siding with Woody Allen against Mia Farrow? I read that letter and I wanted to know, and, and he basically says, I love my sister very much, but I think that she was manipulated by her mother, and I just don't believe this really happened. How, do, how does Dylan process this? How do you process this? What do you make of that? Um, I, you know, to me, it just seems like there was a, a, um, like a switch that flipped because Moses was not like that prior there were, you know, as you see in the Allen versus Farrow documentary, he was a loving child and he adored his mother. He said so many, many times. And so something happened to change him. And I mean, talk about manipulation. I think that's what happened again. I, I, and, and I mean, 
There are so many credible sources in this Allen versus Pharaoh documentary that, you know, that talk about their family life, people that were there at their family home, playing with the children, watching them. You know, it just it contradicts everything that Moses said. And so you have I've come to the real I believe that he he was manipulated. So. Did Dylan Farrow assist with the making of this documentary? Absolutely not. This was done by investigative filmmakers and an investigative journalist. And um, Dylan was simply a participant as, you know, as someone that was going to be interviewed. And I think the, you know, the filmmakers, Kirby Dick and um, what was the name? And Amy Ziering, they... um, they initially weren't sure about it, and then they delved deeper, and they're investigators. It, it, it led them to all of this information. I had never seen any of this stuff, and it was just – it was incredible, the amount of interviews and, and reports and documentation and actual footage that tells the story. I was shocked that they were able to get hold of these recordings between Woody Allen and Mia Farrow. And the one that was so damning, did you see the one that was so damning where Mia Farrow says to Woody, are you recording this? And he goes, no, I wouldn't know how to do that. And then he says, excuse me, hold on a minute. And he's talking to somebody else who is recording it. And the guy's like, you know, we're, we're good, right? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm recording her. Oh, yeah. Okay, God bless you. Goodbye. I mean, such an unbelievable lie. Unbelievable. Exactly. Told so naturally, you know, and and that's, you know, the self-deprecating humor, everything that Woody Allen interjects that people um, that love him have fallen for. It's just, I, I, I it turns my stomach. <laughs> it really does. Yeah, I know. And, you know, listen, I mean, it's a New York story, but the same thing has happened in L.A. forever. I mean, look what happened with all the celebrities they couldn't convict. How many times did they try to convict Michael Jackson of, of child molestation and they couldn't do it? Um, yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, and, and I don't know if it was true or not, but I mean, how many times did they try and convict him and they couldn't do it? There seems to be this this thing associated with this, you know, it's it's really turning a blind eye, right? I mean, it's like... You can't believe that somebody you admired in one capacity could be capable of something so heinous in another way. Can't believe it. And yet I have to just say, and I'm curious if Dylan Farrow has spoken about this. You know, what about the seduction of 17-year-old Soon Yi Previn, who was for all intents and purposes his stepdaughter? How is that not a complete perversion and violation of a family system in and of itself. If there was no child molestation, something that regular society should look down on, how is it he got a pass on that? Well, that's the ironic part of it, Lisa. I mean, all you need to do is look at that. That's documented. He doesn't deny it. He started seeing her when she was in high school. There was disgustingly inappropriate pictures that were taken of her, um, that Mia found. And I mean, how is it difficult to make the leap that he could, he could be a child molester? I mean, my goodness, it's just, it's all there for, for everyone to see. And yet it took almost 30 years and this 
incredible docuseries to bring it to light in such a way that I really hope opens everyone's eyes about what happened and the truth. Yeah, I do too, Donna Palumba. You know, Dylan, how is Dylan taking this? I know you're friendly with her. How is she taking the renewed spotlight on all of this? Is this an episode in her life that she was content to put in the past after going through your program? Well, no, it, 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 she wasn't content. She has been trying to be heard for the majority of her life. Since she was seven years old, she has been trying and trying. And she was shut down by, you know, uh, the Hollywood machine and all the power. And then she came forth in 2014 when Woody Allen received the Lifetime Achievement Award at the Golden Globes. And she was brave enough to write an article and then heard backlash from that. And I just feel like she's she just will not give up, and, and I'm so grateful. And children that have been sexually abused all over the world are so grateful for her bravery and her courage to keep fighting the fight. And the truth is a powerful ally. It is all laid out there, and, it, you know, it, it's a must-see for everyone to understand more about this crime so that we can recognize it and do something about it as quickly as possible. No one should have to go through this. And how is Mia Farrow? She hasn't been in the public eye in quite some time. Is her health good? How is she? Um, I, you know, I I believe she's okay. This has been traumatizing for every single person in the family. And I think you've heard in the series that, that, you know, other, other siblings have said, you know, it turned our life upside down and it's never been the same. And as you can imagine that to be true, And so, you know, I think Mia, you know, Mia didn't even want to do the docuseries, I don't think. So this is very difficult for her, but yet she loves her children. She loves Dylan. And this was important to Dylan, so she did it. And that's what families do. They take care of each other. They love one another. And so um, I really hope that this will become a very positive thing for them, that they receive the wonderful positive feedback that they should from this. And that most of all, that everyone understands more about these crimes so that we can get to prevent to the prevention stage where we're, we look for these warning signs when these children tell us something or, you know, when, when they feel uncomfortable about something that, that we delve deeper, that we stop everything. We listen to them and we look into it. So, yeah, I mean, one of the one of the institutions and it's an important Connecticut conversation that really gets thrown through the ringer is the Yale Child Guidance Center. Is there still one after this? I mean, really? I mean, I I honestly don't know. But what I was struck by is that they interviewed this child nine times. I mean, one of the things that that is the the most important thing is not to re-traumatize this child after they've experienced something like this and not to have them retell this story. And so now, you know, we learned much more and there's trauma-informed processes where the, the, the child only has to tell the story once and everyone that needs to hear it is there or, you know, somehow it, it's relayed in, in a proper way. So um, to have put that child through that and then, you know, it, when, you know, Fred Mako was the Connecticut State Attorney that, you know, decided not to press charges because she had shut down. What was she going to do? How, how could anyone go, go through that, you know, and, and let alone a child? 
Yeah, I mean, I think the video with Mia is probably enough to, in today's world if you're a prosecutor. That, that's it. That video wasn't coached. I would hope so. I would hope so. All right, Donna, one more thing before we let you go. If somebody is listening right now and they're a victim of sexual trauma, um, how would they reach you? You're a not-for-profit located right here in Connecticut. Talk a little bit about the program that you offer. Um, Is it free to the public? Do you charge for it? Explain how you can reach out to people who are listening now who may may be thinking, oh, you know what, I, I, I could do this myself. I need this. Wonderful. Thank you, Lisa. So Jane Do No More is all about empowering survivors of sexual crimes to find their voice, as you mentioned, through the Survivor Speak program and educate others. So the best thing for anyone that is interested is to go to our website, janedonomore.org, and we have education initiatives in the schools, everything from middle school to college level. Um, we have a duty trumps doubt program where we work with law enforcement and first responders to help them to understand about um, the importance and sensitivity they need to show when dealing with a victim. And so we also offer for victims of any sexual crime, whether it be child sexual abuse or rape or sexual assault, a closed Facebook group. Um, it's called JDNM, which is the acronym for Jane Don't Know More Survivors. And you could just go on Facebook, go to that page and request to be um, entered into the group and you will be. And it's a place where there's no judgment and just survivors go to uh, inspire one another, help someone out if they're having a bad day, offer, you know, something that helps them. And, um, and you could follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And, um, and yeah, get involved with Jane Don't Know More in one of our events, which is which all of our events are listed on our uh, calendar. Thank you very much, Donna Palumba. I really appreciate it. So it's janedonomore.org, a closed Facebook group, JDNM. And you can always reach me at lisa at lisawexler.com or on WICC. And I will put you in touch directly with Donna. Thank you so much for what you're doing to help people, Donna, and our best to Dylan. And tell her that I would love her to have her on the show, even if she doesn't want to talk about anything having to do with what happened with Woody Allen. If she just wants to talk about her life now or just or or watching the documentary, which must be a surreal experience for her, uh, whatever she wants to talk about. Um, We certainly wouldn't want her to have to relive any trauma, but maybe she would just like to be talking about going through Earth uh, going through her life on this planet and not being believed. And that's a terrible, terrible thing, no matter what it is you're shouting from the rooftops. But anyway, send her our very, very best. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Oh, thank you, Lisa. Thank you so much. Take good care. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Thank you for listening. If you liked what you heard, please share it with your friends. And as always, feel free to contact me at lisa at lisawexler.com. 